You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. And today we are diving into talking all about food. And what we thought we wanted to talk through with you guys is actually what clinical nutritionists, aka us, and we may we may speak about some of the other ladies in the clinic, we'll see, but essentially what we eat as far as macro balance meals and why we thought this would be a really good topic um, and something that we've touched on in many other podcasts is that uh, Carissa actually mentioned to me this morning basically a lot of our week is heavily involved with our clients and discussions around food and a lot of our ideas about food and recipes and inspiration comes from literally what we're doing in our own lives um, and also I would say the influence of what other people we're speaking to on a daily basis say about what they're eating. So we end up with this massive database of ideas and food is the foundation of everything um, that we discuss and we thought it'd be really nice to kind of revisit this as a topic and share a lot of ideas about obviously these types of meals that we're doing consistently in our own lives um, and tips and tricks as far as preparation and um, brands and so forth. None of this is sponsored either. So if we talk about <laughs> so some true. different brands and so forth, it's purely because we um, we love them. So yeah, I think it'll be a fun one. Because there's so much, um, not confusion, but I just think there's macro balancing meals, which is one thing. Then it's how much protein, Um, which is another thing versus carbs for people. And then it's like how much protein versus trying to be plant-based, you know, or have more fiber for your gut. So there's like all these things that need to be considered when you're actually laying your food out across the day, which for us is really bloody simple. Um, But that's not, you know, for everyone else, like it's not as simple. So I have got some really good tips that I just share with my clients in terms of taking the complication out of it and the thought process, which hopefully we can touch on today. Perfect, 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 perfect. And for those who we will talk about macronutrients heavily throughout this podcast, but for those who want to know more about what we mean by macronutrients specifically, we do have a podcast on this topic, which I'll pop in the show notes for you. Um, So that'll be a nice reference point if needed. So let's get started with talking about breakfast which is our I would say my favorite meal of the day and also a lot of the times one of the more uh, challenging or kind of complicated areas that we deal with in clinic with our clients um, as far as behaviors with eating with this meal Um, a lack of macro balance with this meal and also if people are dealing with 
different types of food challenges, like if they're sort of new to eating, say, um, a gluten-free diet or a dairy-free or um, even egg-free, I'm just sort of picking some of the sort of major things that people might be dealing with, there can be challenges. Um, and often I, I would say, I don't know about, about you, Carissa, like I find a lot of the time when I'm going through a food plan with a client and building ideas, I spend probably the most time on breakfast. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, yeah, breakfast, I think too, because it is seems to be the harder one for people to nail. Um, and it's definitely seems to be the one that, you know, some people have got time in the morning. Most people don't. Most people have kids, they're in a rush, they're on the way to work. They don't have the luxury of working from home. Uh, it needs to be simple, but it also, yeah, it needs to be balanced um, and finding and, and then people want a couple of options. So navigating that is definitely probably, yeah, it's like easy for us, but it is something that I do spend a lot of time on with my clients as well. Just finding those like three perfect breakfasts. Do you want to share first some of your favourite breakfast options from the concept of macronutrient balanced meals? And mm-hmm. um, I think we've discussed some of these again in the past, but I'm sure like you, even what you're doing has changed a little with life. And as you're chatting through some of them, maybe also touch on why you're doing certain things with your meals, because I think that'll be really valuable for people as far as not only inspiration but understanding the whys yeah so for for me specifically or for my clients me specifically for you yeah for yeah. you okay yeah cool all right sweet so <laughs> my breakfast is like the highlight of my day um <laughs> Um, so my part, most of my weekday breakfast, to be honest, um, the main part of it is probably a non-negotiable because it's so important for my energy and my cortisol balance, um, and insulin balance and stuff like that. But definitely most mornings I have a smoothie hands down without a doubt, um, purely because I can get a certain amount of protein in that, but I can also get, um, my supplements and some great antioxidants into that as well. So, and because post training, which I've usually done my exercise in the morning, um, I really like to be able to get my protein up to a certain level by a certain time of the day. So my smoothie hands down is an absolute is, is absolutely on. It has a really um, decent um, protein serve in it, which is a scoop of protein powder, which has about 28 to 30 grams per serve. Um, it's made on almond milk. I use the non-oil good quality almond milk. I know Jess makes her own almond milk, which a client and I Oof. were chatting about this week. We're like, good on Jess, but we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were having this really good joke about milking. Like um, my client was saying, she'll know who she is. She was saying, she's like, yeah, she gets up in the morning and she milks her, milks her nut bags. And we were just both pissing ourselves laughing. We we're like, she is so good. Um, but yeah, I don't make my own almond milk but that's okay um so i buy the we're just gonna do brands aren't we let's do all the brands so i do let's do it yeah i buy the pure harvest um unsweetened almond milk um so my smoothie has that in it probably half of that half filtered water a really good serve of protein it has a mixed um like half a cup three quarters of a cup whatever the fuck i chuck in of organic um mixed berries um i've got a scoop of the new zest greens greens powder because i love that purely from a detox liver support point of view it does have some polyphenols in there as well it's got like cacao and 
Um, what else has it got in it? Fucking heaps of stuff, really. So I put a scoop of that. What's that in. taste like? Probably like matcha. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't know. It's like my smoothie is pretty like it's pretty full on like in terms of taste. It's not something you I would say you drink for the taste of a smoothie. Um so quite so this is where it varies is different on the weekend, right? Because I'll make myself a smoothie without all my supplements in it and it's a smoothie that tastes like a smoothie and fuck me, I enjoy it. Um but during the week <laughs> during the week it's definitely more of a function over flavor thing. I put magnesium into it, it gets right. beans put into it it um what else goes into that little fucker collagen um yeah so that's my that's (laughs) it's pretty full-on um I make a joke I didn't know that I didn't know that you were doing I I knew you did a smoothie but I Mm -hmm. in I just imagined it was like like a flat I knew you dumped your things into it but I also thought it was about the flavor of the smoothie and I imagined you making and particularly with Brisbane like these like tropical mixed smoothies in the morning and it was like yes yeah, so that's really interesting that like it's more driven by functionality during the week versus flavor yeah functionality during the week and then flavor on the weekends or if I do another smoothie during the day just purely down to business it's about fla- like down to being busy sorry it's about flavor um but no I actually yeah my smoothie is pretty much yeah it's um it's and it has been like that for years it depends on what I'm taking and what I'm doing but I find it's just so hard to like I don't hate the flavor of mixed smoothie is very similar and he doesn't hate the flavor of it either so it's not like mm. it's a disgusting flavor it's a, it's a foul <laughs> color it's like that fucking like gray green like I don't know what color it is even baby um, shit color <laughs> baby shit it's literally what it looks like um so yeah so there's there's that there's my smoothie so that's usually the first part of my day when I get back from exercise that just gets all my stuff in that I want to get in um I'm shit at taking supplements at night although I'm doing that at the moment because I'm doing a bit of a uh estrogen detox protocol which is a conversation for another day but that's pretty intense at the moment so I am taking supplements at night but typically I'm crap at it so they go into my morning routine this is something I chat about massively with clients as well because obviously we've got the majority of our clients on supplements right but everyone's structure of their day is so different so working out Mm. when and the best times to take supplements can um, really factor into how I structure people's food as well especially in the morning and at night Um, so a lot of the powdered stuff like if we're using gut R for gut R I sound like a pirate gut R for someone (laughs) Um, (laughs) or you know some of those more turmeric based um, anti-inflammatory supplements and stuff, I'll try and tailor their smoothie to suit the flavour. And I don't typically make people drink what I drink um, in terms of flavour. <laughs> Um, so smoothie is hands down a non-negotiable um, part one of my breakfast the second part of my breakfast is protein and carbs combined so I will either do you know like um, uh, one of my favorite things I do give this to clients as well is like turmeric scrambled eggs on some sort of gluten-free toast Um, I love that I love um, like fish um, or you know um, tinned salmon or something like that on toast with avocado I love um, making just a high protein. So similar to like, you know, either your gut friendly bread or some of like the Mount Elephant breads, um, like blends, and I make them up and I'll Mm -hmm. add extra protein to them in the form of eggs. So if it says two eggs, I might bulk it out a little bit more, add some more veggies, add some more eggs and nutritional yeast. Um, And so that's kind of like my second part breakfast. So 
Um, so it's mm-hmm. yeah, either like eggs, avo on toast, um, fish, avo on toast, or a really high protein, more plant-based option um, with maybe avocado or something like that on it. That's a, that's a standard kind of breakfast morning for me. And that's usually done by about 9.30 in the morning, those two, two things. That's a weekday. How, how do you find <laughs> that influences, like that's so interesting hearing that and you, you kind of touched on this already. How do you find your routine and what you do influences also then what you're doing with clients and the ideas that you're discussing with breakfast for them when you're wanting to focus on the macros um, but really key there as far as like, okay, where is this person at as far as their mornings their day, their routine, um, what what they're actually able to take on as far as, as things that are new. And I don't, obviously, we could talk about a million ideas for, forever, but I'm just curious about, because I, I think people can listen and they'll love hearing what you do and, you know, what what I do, but then it's like there can be bits you take from that, but also like, oh, if I went and saw Carissa or someone at Jason Clinic, are they going to put me on a baby shit smoothie? Like what's, <laughs> how do you modify it? Those concepts and ideas for the clients. So true. So true. So I don't prescribe baby shit smoothies to my clients. Um, <laughs> although I give them the option. I do say like, I, I actually have conversations with my clients. I, I'm like, how do we feel about a function over flavor smoothie or a purely like enjoy your breakfast smoothie option? And some of my clients will be just like, hit me with the function over flavor. I'm like, cool, you're doing baby shit with me. Um, or <laughs> we're doing something that's a bit more enjoyable. So if, if obviously someone's going for something more enjoyable and a smoothie is something that they can do and something, you know, because let's face it, not everyone loves smoothies. I've got clients that are adamant about not doing smoothies for breakfast. They're like, no, nah, mm. I hate the texture. I want to physically eat something. So that's obviously, you know, where we start looking at some of the other things. But um, we just, yeah, I would just use, I talked to them about the type of protein powders to buy. Um, I think vanilla is a very safe flavor across the board. So I will generally coach them into what sort of, buying and sampling some protein powders until they find something that they like they like or if I think they've got specific gut issues then I'll actually recommend two or three brands that I know will agree with their gut um and then it's just balancing it so for example it might be half a frozen banana um if you know, lactose-free yogurt, if they can do it, or coconut yogurt, a type of nut milk or lactose-free milk, if they can do milk, um, the protein powder, obviously, um, I might add, I usually add some kind of component of fat to them, whether it be like, a, you know, a little bit of nut butter or some avocado. So it's more about an, an enjoyment smoothie. So we can't, I kind of have a couple of flavors up my sleeve. I go with your stock standard banana, which obviously everyone, so many people love, but if people can't do bananas, then I'm looking at like a, a more antioxidant-based smoothie, like a chalk berry which is like you know your berries almond milk protein powder some sort of you know um yogurt and then maybe a little bit of um cacao um i do do some summer smoothies as well as you suggested before i've got a nice a weiss bar smoothie which i do like which is mangoes banana yeah mangoes macadamia nuts on coconut milk with some shredded coconut in it and vanilla protein powder um i've got like an antioxidant green smoothie so something that's just more made on coconut water but has vanilla protein powder in it it's got like fresh ginger mint avocado spinach 
what else is in that thing? Um, yeah. Anyway, so I've got like, I've got a repertoire. So it just depends mm. on the person. Some people I give three smoothie options to. Some people I just give one. It just depends. Some people mm. are just like, nah, just give me one and I'll drink the same thing every day. We talk about um, how that can then work in their morning. Because some people have kids. They can't get up and use a blender at 6.30 in the morning because they've got kids sleeping in or babies asleep. So we talk about making them the night before and storing them in jars and then just giving them a good shake. We talk about making up smoothie bags for really busy people and just having things prepped in the freezer so that just if they're running around getting kids ready for school or they've got to be in their car and they've got an hour's drive to work you know and they've got to be in their car by 6 30 that they're just dumping everything into the blender so smoothies I feel like are a great option in terms of carbs depending on what they you know their gut is like with adding oats or banana or having smoothie with a piece of you know toast or gluten-free toast on the side you know and just structuring that around their morning I find is a pretty easy one um, but then like the other suggestions and depending on people's training and what people do, like some people are just good with a smoothie, right. Or just good with something mm. really simple, like an egg on toast. Like, but then some of my clients are bigger eaters in the morning, like myself, and they, they really do well on that, you know, that big, bigger sort of load of protein and carbs, you know, before mid morning to function well throughout the day, in which case their mornings are getting structured similar to mine. So, mm. Yeah, I love that. It's like, again, that's why I ask. It really shows and highlights the variability of the start of the day and breakfast for person to person and like this sort of concept of like it can be really nice to look at someone who's a clinical nutritionist and and, and put in, in, in some ways, of course, get inspiration, but it's not um, or we don't want to create this space where you're like this is the ultimate pedestal of what you have to aim for and then enforce that (laughs) with every single person that comes through the JCN clinic it's very much about how do we tailor to suit you um, with that kind of again that concept of of macro balance and variety and whole foods but also what's what's functional for you like let's not Hmm. you know what's your appetite as you said you've got a nice big appetite in the morning you're exercising in the morning but that could be versus someone who um yeah is up early with a new kids got some toddlers they've got limited time in the morning they actually don't have a big appetite um that the way you're going to change those ideas to suit them is really critical otherwise yeah like it's all well and good to give them this sort of ideal perfect scenario but they're they're not going to be able to do it you're setting them up for fail yeah one of the um one of the easiest tips I say too for people that can do eggs and like a lot of my clients freaking love this is not everyone has time to cook eggs in the morning right but if you can do if you can toast a piece of toast so if you've got time to do that and most people say to me yep I can put a piece of toast in the toaster like I'm getting everything ready for the kids school I'm getting ready to go to work what I get my clients to do and just from a portion um, control perspective as well is boil up like six to eight eggs boil them up, um, shell them, mash them up like a good old-fashioned egg sandwich, add your mayo, add your onion, add your parsley, add some, you know, salt and pepper and a bit of lemon juice and have an egg and mayo mash bowl in the fridge. So all you have to do literally is put your toast in the oven and spoon out the equivalent of probably, you know, two eggs onto a bit of toast and you've just given yourself two eggs on toast with some avocado Mm. if if you've got it to put on without actually having to cook it, you know, every morning. So there's all these ways... I think, you know, um, when you come and see us that we're just like, like you said, hey, like we are a database for food ideas. 
<laughs> you tell me you can't do it, I'll tell you how you can. <laughs> exactly. I love that idea. I love it. And I think people listening, like, again, wouldn't think of that. And we see that with clients all the time. Like it might seem like something really um, logical to us or just something that we would be like, yeah, like you can do this. But a lot of people wouldn't think like, oh, can I pre-boil eggs and do that with them? Like, are they okay to keep in the fridge for that amount of time? Like, is that, like, there's lots of questions that come from that. But once you you put and present that idea, mm. um, these are the sorts of things can be freaking game changers because you've game suddenly changes. got that person who was getting up in the morning and having nothing or just having a piece of toast with some jam or something like that. And now you're adding this protein and fats in a really functional way. So I just love it. And I have to point out, I was having a bit of a giggle there because I do the same thing. It drives Damien freaking nuts is when (laughs) I say I put toast in the toaster. He's like, it's not fucking toast. It's bread. It's toast (laughs) after it comes out of the toaster. And I just wondered when you said it whether anyone just got like triggered by toast in the toaster. No one has ever brought that up with me before, and I feel like it's probably something I've said by default my entire life. I do all the time. And he's like, oh my God, it's not toast until it comes out. I'm like, oh, who cares? Yeah, who cares? That's so so funny, but yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Mick likes to pick up little things like that and stuff that I say and it just drives me insane. I'm like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll share a couple of mine um, and I think this is interesting because, again, what – what I do definitely has an influence on the ideas that I take to my clients and I think, you know, it would be probably pretty funny for us to be able to, like, be – sort of presented clients like if I was presented a bunch of clients and what they're eating for me to be go that's a Chris a client that's an Alexa client <laughs> but um one of the, the things that I love and that I'm in a love affair with at the moment um and it's always tr- bloody transient is that I'm kind of oscillating between doing my classic pancake um that protein mm, pancake which is on them. the website um in saying that, there's such a varied amount of protein pancakes on the website, so it's probably the most, com- the most uh, up-to-date version. Um, and the, that pancake's really changed for me over the years as far as the volume of the pancake, the amount of protein that goes into that too from my morning structure and my training. Because I'm like Carissa, I train in the morning. My training has changed over the last sort of year and a half as far as what I'm doing. So my demand for calorie intake, volume of food and protein is is exponentially grown. So my food's reflecting that. And that's something that I'm also always considering with clients too. So mm. I might I might find that that works for me, but the volume of that might be too much for another client. So these are mm. the sort of nuances we're picking up on. But a protein pancake or a pancake is actually something that I love to bring to the table for clients and have the conversation look is this an option for you likewise what you were talking about with the eggs you know I'll talk to clients about you can pre-make these like you can make a couple and keep them in the fridge you can freeze them you can drop them in the toaster and heat them up and then put your spreads on like there's there's ways to work these in but I'll also say you know once you've once you've done it if you've got a repertoire pancake like it's the sort of thing that by the time you've mix it up and throw it in the pan and while it's cooking you're off brushing well maybe not brushing your teeth (laughs) doing your hair doing your makeup whatever it is um 
you know, it's kind of on par with um, other breakfasts. Even make to me, I kind of see the time in that is very similar to like getting everything out and making a smoothie. So, I I tend Easy. to go with a pancake. Or the other thing I've been doing a lot lately is a porridge. Um, I did it all through summer and now into the cooler weather, which is people. It is finally going onto the website today. I promise. And this is, it's interesting in that it's almost taking the ingredients that go in the pancake and putting them into a, a porridge um, minus the egg. Um, and that is something else that I'll bring to the table for clients. But I'll kind of, the other thing that I probably build in a bit more for clients and offer, and this is where different brands can come in and, and what's available to them where they live or what their diet needs to be is, either variation from a porridge to a bircher to even like a cereal-y, granola-y mix. And there's some good stuff around now where you can get a spectrum of clients who are like, no, I'll make something or I'll buy the ingredients from a bulk store and make up a mix and I'll throw that in the bowl with some some yogurt that suits them and mix through some protein powder or some collagen and their fruits and they're happy to do that versus brands that I'm like, okay, what about if you do um, so something that I'm doing a lot with clients at the moment um, is in the supermarkets, there's that, I think it's called Farmer Joe's off the top of my head. And they're doing like a selection of granolas and they're very paleo-y sort of style. But what I'll do is I'll get clients to use that, but I'll get them to mix it and go, well, buy that and then just mix it 50-50 in a bowl with whether it's some oats or some quinoa flakes or a couple of gluten-free wheat bix, like whatever it is to get that carb yeah. portion. And yeah. I've got, there's people that we know that don't have that. They're just like, I'm not, I know I'm not going to make up a porridge. I'm not going to take the time to do a birch. I'm not there yet, but I will throw some stuff in a bowl and mix some yogurt through it with that protein powder and some banana or berries. And like, I will do that. So again, those are those sort of conversations that we're having constantly as far as practicality. Yeah. But I can see yeah. how it's it kind of fuses again from what I'm taking on <laughs> and what I'm doing. And I do, yeah. I definitely do do smoothies with clients too. But interestingly, like you, oh, you'd be lucky to see me have a smoothie for breakfast once a year. Like I'm the opposite yeah. to Carissa. Like I just, I might, and if I did it, around. I'd have a piece of toast. But you're like every morning. <laughs> Every, even Sorry. through winter I my smoothie is a non even through winter I will keep smashing my smoothies it's funny you say that about the porridge style breakfast though because on my prescriptions for my clients definitely I have a porridge or granola option I love and a lot of my clients love your gluten-free porridge I think that went up on the website a couple of mm. years ago that's the mix of the grains yep. um the gluten-free grains that's a winner and I do do I do it for Mick actually he quite often just to take to work um I do a, a birch, birch similar to what you're doing just do organic whole rolled oats I chuck in like a nut and seed mix I'm the same I'm literally just the client who just wants to mix it into a bowl and then I just portion out into jars, add some yogurt, add some, you know, frozen berries and, you know, and that's it. So, but he has that and a smoothie. So that's a good guy breakfast or girl breakfast, whatever. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good one. And you know, I just thought of another one and I know you're going to keep mentioning them um, too, but you know what else I love off the website is your, um, I feel like I was plugging the fucking website, um, but <laughs> the time, <laughs> the time scrambled tofu. Just while I was thinking of other things. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that is a great one. And this, yeah, that's a great one for my clients and the sardine smash. I was just thinking of other recipes that I just link for clients just for ideas. But anyway, yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so true. Like there's those classics that like with people who are coming in and they're 
particularly if they're vego slash vegan, um, ways that we can create those types of more plant-based meals or just people who are open to having tofu more or we're trying to broaden their their plant-based intake Um, and people who are open to doing fish for breakfast because even when you were mentioning that like that's a real hit and miss space where some people are like yeah I'm open to fish or chicken or or meat in the morning like a lot of people will not eat meat in the morning so we've got to be thinking out outside that box um yeah but yeah I'd I'd probably just stick with those guys at the moment for me as far as what I'm doing obviously Mm. obviously people there's a pimped up matcher in there but that happens before breakfast before the gym it's like yeah has to happen or the world stops as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the world stops. The world it stops and it just falls over. <laughs> Literally it falls off its axis. The flat earth falls off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Shall we move on to um should we move on to lunch I'm wondering actually whether this might end up a two-parter to be honest because there's a lot to go through a whole day but I thought maybe we might talk about lunch and we can do another episode where potentially we'll bring to people dinners and 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 snacks in a in a two-parter yeah but I think I think lunches would be interesting to definitely chat about next because again, to go back to what we see with clients as far as patterns, breakfast can be mm. most challenging because of the time frame that people give themselves in the morning and very Western patterns of breakfast where it's like just, yeah, toast and cereal and like it's just very much carb on its own. But the second challenge that we see after that would be lunches because of, um, I think, again, habits, like because if you're not if you're not putting attention into creating a lunch for yourself and the way you structure your day then often with lunch people are grabbing food on the go um, or falling back like they're buying lunch and and not buying the best options or if they do bring something with them and there's not really an understanding of macro balance again so it might be like last night's leftover salad um, on its own or it might be some leftover um, pasta or some leftover rice um, without any veggies and like it's 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 very hodgepodge or mm. also it's often really off it's often missed people are just mm. like I don't have time for lunch I'm too busy <laughs> yeah yeah agreed so I think with lunch again um, I'll, I'll go first here because I think if I sort of share some things that I do and then how that sort of influences what I do with clients. Um, and I think we'll be a little similar here is that mm. leftovers are such a major component of lunch. And this kind of comes into sort of tips and tricks we use when our own lives and with clients, leftovers and also batch cooking. So when I think of batch cooking, to be honest, in the kind of old days when um, I was going into the clinic more regularly batch cooking um and being specific about batch cooking was a big deal for me but now I think of batch cooking more as just leftovers so I'm always working with my with myself and working with clients particularly now in this post-covid space where people are at home a lot more it's like when you make dinner 
get into the habit of doubling what you're used to making. So you just have more. And we have, I know I have conversations with clients about leftovers and they're like, oh, my husband takes that. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but let's just make more so there's enough for your husband and for you. So leftovers for me are a massive component. There's always most of the time, well, let's say 80% of the time, there's some form of leftover carbs. So there's always like some form of wedges that's left over or a grain that's left over. There's usually always some form of leftover salad or veggies. Usually it's more like a salad that I've made sure I've made extra of. And then if I don't have enough, if it's a bit scungy, like today's, to be honest, I know is a bit scungy, I'll make sure I have, it's Friday salad. I'll just make sure I have some extras that I can throw to that. And sometimes those extras are like fallback things. It might be a couple of jarred things. It might be some jarred, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like some fermented veggies. Like I might chuck those in or it might be some sun-dried tomatoes. Like sometimes it kind of even goes into that extreme. But usually there's some leafy greens I can beef it up with. And then the protein component for me is either, again, a leftover from the night before or that's where I'll fall back on, and more readily this is the case, is that it's my um, my my kind of like cupboard staples. So I'm a fish person, so I'm always going to have a can of tuna. I'm usually going to have some salmon, um, sardines, um, eggs, particularly being at home, or as Chris was saying, like if they've been pre-boiled can be really helpful. So if I've got like, if there's left, if I've like cooked a whole chicken or a big piece of meat, that's great to have as leftovers. But I find more commonly if I've got, I've got kind of batch cooked or leftover carbs and salads, for me, it works really well to just throw a protein variation with that. And that's something that I love to really teach clients to do because the more they do that, the more lunch, it doesn't even need a thought. It can go straight into a container for the next day. You can keep at work some easy protein add-ons or take them with you. Um, and the cool thing about doing that is that lunch changes every day too. Like it's not the same thing every day because that just does yeah. my head in. So yeah. that's probably my main thing. And if I didn't have leftovers, um, I'll try and throw something together on a, to be honest, on a similar vein, it's not, it's so, I'm like, I can't even remember the last time I didn't have leftovers or batch cook, but mm. usually say I'm in Brisbane is a good example. I will do a classic, really simple macro bowl. And this is something I tried to teach clients where it's like ready to heat grain, like a rice or a quinoa, or maybe I've cooked some the night before, but say some ready to heat rice or grain, I'll chuck on some leafy greens. I'll throw on some salmon, some cucumber, a bit of mayo, a bit of um, soy and do like a kind of like deconstructed little sushi bowl. That's one of my favourites. So it's kind of the, the – I like to think about it, well, if I've got my leftovers or batch cooking, this is what I can do with it. If I haven't got my shit together or there isn't stuff, what's my backup? And that's what I try to talk through with clients. Like this is what you can do most of the time. But if you think that's going to fall apart at times, which it does for everyone, or also that's not going to happen for you, like what are some backup throw together meal options um, that we can still rely on? Because it's, it's if we don't have those backups, <laughs> then that's where like you're like, I don't have anything. And then you're at Macca's. Okay, that's an extreme version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. 
How about yourself? Yeah, I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways for sure. I'm definitely um I'm definitely a leftovers person. I think where I see it fall short for some of my clients um in that space is the ones that are feeding massive families like three kids, hubby mm. or partner um and everything no matter how like they might cook a kilo of mince but that kilo of mince whether it be tacos, bolognese, is gone, especially like if you've got two teenage boys in the house, they it's usually gone. So true. Gone by, you know, the next meal. And that is some of the conversations I have with clients. So they'd be like, yeah, leftovers are a great idea if there fucking were any. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And um, so yeah, so I think everything you've said is a hundred percent amazing. and I that's probably more aligned with what like I do as well, but we're a two person household. So for us, that works, Mm. that works ideally. And then I think where I see, you know, for my other clients um, who are, who are bigger and even if they're, you know, not cooking, they're cooking a kilo of mince and that kilo of mince is going where I kind of suggest, and this is something that I actually do too as well, is I actually pick a lunch protein. I definitely have my backups like you do, I think, because, you know, it doesn't last for the entire week. So I'll always mm-hmm. have like, you know, I always, I, I batch cook my rice and actually freeze it um, myself. So I can always just chuck it into the microwave if I need to, if I've run out of carbs towards the end of the week or I haven't cooked something, you know, the night before. Um, or mm-hmm. what I'll do from a carb perspective for the week, um, for lunches, I'll, I'll actually make some something's completely separate to dinner. So I'll just make like a pulse pasta, you know, with pesto through it. And I'll just mix that up and I put that in the fridge. I'll cook up a heap of rice and I just put that in the fridge and that's specifically carbs for lunches. Um, and, and and then as we get to, towards the end of the week, I'll bring that into the dinners if we haven't eaten it all so it's not wasted. Um, but what I've been doing is I buy a specific protein for lunches. So I either buy a massive like, you know, two kilo chicken and I will roast that or cook it in the Weber on a Sunday and it's purely for lunches it's not something we eat for dinner and then carry on for lunches because then it only really gets you through a meal or two Mm. meals the next day so we'll still do dinner but what I'll do on Sundays I'll just chuck the chuck the cold Weber on or put the oven on depending on what I'm doing and I put something into it that is yeah protein specific for lunches so Sometimes that's a roast chicken. Sometimes I buy a really nice ham and I smoke it. Um, sometimes I cook a uh, uh, corned beef. Um, sometimes I literally just boil eggs. Sometimes I get a whole um, two blocks of firm tofu and I slice that up and marinate it and I just bake it in the oven. Um, so then just for at least Monday, Tuesday, and then exactly what you were saying, the salad and carb-based changes based on what I've had for dinner the night before. So the protein may stay the same, um, but the what it actually goes with might be veggies or it might be salad and you know so that's kind of the way we roll throughout the week for lunches and um and I know we'll talk about dinners in another podcast but yeah I kind of yeah pick a protein and then towards the end of the week is when I use up like my tuna or whatever's you know kind of left and yeah so that's that's kind of how it's different for us a little bit and then that's what I recommend some of my clients do as well when they've got like a big feeding family of you know teenage teenagers that and training husbands and stuff that you know are just into everything I'm like right let's let's be specific to what we can do for you for lunch and that's what I get them to do like I'll get them to just yeah like you know do do similar to what I just said another thing um which does help for really busy people um is having a backup um macro food supply I know we use the word macro a lot but just something Mm. like the company macros or um there's another one um fit something or other where they you know you can buy these you know well-balanced calorie controlled meals 
that are high on the protein, you know, um, with the carbs and veggies and everything. And just having a couple of them as backup never hurts. Um, and I say to my clients that so are super agree. busy. Yeah, because some like some people just like I totally get it. Like I don't I don't have kids and running a business and you know, like some of my clients, like both of them are working full time. They've got three kids, they've got sport, they've got like I just hats off to you. I don't know how you guys bloody do it, but you do. But you know, food is usually the thing that crumbles, right? Like they eat beautiful dinners mm. with their families, but for the women, their breakfast fails and their lunch fails because they're so busy running around after yeah, everyone else, making so sure true. everyone else eats your nutritious dinners, making sure their kids and their husband and everyone's got breakfast and lunch packed. And then when it comes to what's left, they just eat the dregs out of the fridge. So I'm I'm like right yeah. let's think about where where you're um where you're falling short in these areas and we've already covered breakfast there's so many ideas there um but for lunches it's like cool okay what can we do can we get you to order three macro meals that you have in your fridge at work that we know you've got three balanced meals so you don't have to buy them and exactly what you're saying when you're up in brizzy jess is i'll say let's put into your work um work office you know like a couple of the two minute rices i want you at the start of the week or when you do your food shop on a sunday to buy a bag of a bag of mixed salad greens a bag of slaw mix and go and get some of the coles hot smoked salmons or some tinge of tuna stock up your work fridge with your condiments so at least your lunch is macro balanced five days of the week. If you can't take leftovers, mm. then these are our options. Um, or getting them to like, you know, put chuck a curry into a slow cooker and portion themselves out three meals and then order another two. Or, yeah. So for mm. those kinds of people that are super busy and line, so so many of my clients are in that space, they're the options that we look at for them as well. So mm. Yeah, they, that's fantastic. And I think I'm glad you mentioned about those ready ready to buy heat meals because I know I'm using more of that with clients these days and the great thing is there's some really good companies out there offering options that do cater for intolerances and variations of meals and I think a lot of a lot of our clients will they'll have that preconceived notion that we that we think that it's um it's not good enough and it's just like there's nothing wrong with using these as a meal source for you because also what's what's the alternative like yeah it might if you made all of your own food from scratch like kudos to you if that works for you but if you think you've got to do that and you feel like it's I'm not doing the right thing if I use these kind of order services but then the the reality is if you don't have something like that then you end up buying lunch every day um you know, some, some sort of crappy, crappy lunch or skipping lunch. Like it's just, yeah, to me, it's a no brainer. And I really want to emphasize that we have no, no qualms with using these meals. And and I've seen them be a game changer too, for clients, whether they're, um, yeah, from a family situation, like you were talking about where it's like, you know, let's bit, let's let's face it. Often, it's the mother um, out of a big family that feels like yeah. they kind of don't have an option, and the, they it's like, okay, suddenly I've got something. If I'm really pushing it, and all the food's gone, like I've got my thing that's there ready to go. And then some yeah. some of my clients that are um, single, living on their own, busy busy with work, busy with travel, busy with business, and they know they can come home if they're getting in at like. 8 30 at night um, and they can pull one out heat it up um, and that stops them you know buying buying a ordering uber eats and grabbing a pizza like it's just 
yeah, they're really, really valuable and I'm glad you brought them yeah. up um, as, a, as an option. And, look, I think the yeah. other thing I would say just finally with lunch is that I'll include um, is that some people just really love a good old good old wrap or a sandwich or those sorts of things. Yeah. And I think we I can kind of again Wraps get... always on my mind. Yeah, right? Like there can be this again in this kind of health space, this fixation of like it has to be this beautiful macro bowl um, and that, again, is wonderful, but there's nothing wrong with a wrap that's stuffed with a lot of nice salads and some proteins. And Crystal's mentioning great things there, like anything from ham off the bone to eggs to fish to tofu. Like we can kind of discuss all those things with a client and do just a really simple wrap. Um, or it might be a, the right bread that we think suits you and talking about how to put that together. So I think those things are important too. Like they, I, I feel like sometimes we... Um, in particularly in their sort of health well-being space can get fixated on these like perfect beautiful meals and just forget no there's nothing wrong with just making a wrap um, yeah and then just lastly buying lunch um, there's some great options that are still out there so I'll, I'll usually say to my clients look it's better if we can create a, if we can create a plan where most of the time you're making lunch that's great but I also understand that it might work for you to buy lunch a couple of times a week. Or someone might say to me, Jess, when I'm at home, fine. But when I go to work, I need to buy lunch. That's just the way it is. Like, fine. So what that will involve is us discussing where they work, what are the options, um, and how we can get the, the best out of that. And um, again, that's probably another conversation. But just one that comes to mind is I know a lot of clients buy sushi for lunch. So we'll talk about, look, if you're going to have sushi either can we make it once a week because it's basically just mainly you're eating 80, 90% rice, there's not a lot of protein, a lot of veggies, or we'll just simply talk about, well, what about when you go to buy sushi? If you get um, one less roll and then you beef it up with asking for um, some edamame and a side salad or do you, you buy a tray of um, the sashimi for all the extra protein to have with your rolls and then often when you get the sashimi I do this in Brisbane like when you get the sashimi it's on that bed of all of the um spiralized carrot that I feel like is just decoration <laughs> that people want to throw away and I'm like yeah and I eat it it's delicious <laughs> but we basically yeah there's we're not also ruling out buying lunch but there's practical ways to look at how you can make buying lunch work for you better and I think we can yeah. all there's with all the things we've talked about with lunch and I know Krista and I can confidently say that we can usually create some form of framework where we can get people a bit more committed to starting to plan and make their lunches um, it's just about education and finding what works for you and best it's best for the budget right <laughs> like he wants to spend 20 yeah. bucks a day on lunch and to be yeah and to be honest that's what you kind of have to spend by the time you try and build yourself a macro balance lunch by buying different things from different yeah. places to make it work so yeah, right definitely, yeah yeah it's expensive um yeah the other only exactly. other thing I would add and I know we'll probably talk about this with dinners when we do the next part two of the podcast um then I'll elaborate on what I do here more too is is um list writing and menu planning so for your breakfast lunches write yourself little notes like if you know for your lunches you need to, on a Tuesday to chuck a 
batch of veggies or chuck some rice on or something like that write yourself a little note on your fridge just so you remember like I I, I do that for mm. myself when I'm super busy um I'm, I'm in pretty good swing these days but I know if Mick and I've got a lot coming up and we've got other things going on in life and you know we do menu plan and we write ourselves lists and if I know I'm working late he's got lists of things you know, he'll have such a list writer um, of, you know, <laughs> but like just, babe, this is what's in the fridge. Can you please, um, you know, chop this up and cook it? Or, you know, he's got he's he's got set meals that he knows I love that are gluten-free, dairy-free and balanced and healthy. So, you know, he has his little cooking repertoire and I just, you know, I do the majority of the food shopping, but that's always there. So he can always, you know, it's all too sometimes too about communicating with your partner and just being like, I need this chucked on when I get home because I will need this for lunches for the next few days. So, you know, a little mm. bit of list writing, some fridge communication. <laughs> oh, so true. And look, that's, you know, we have a lot of clients too that we will, um, I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Actually, we did a lot. I did a live with Mel on this on the um, on Instagram if anyone's interested in more cl- more details. But we'll also with certain clients based on where they're at and what works for them, look at more of like a seven-day planner um where mm-hmm. there's that that structure because some people really thrive of having more structure and planning so it's kind of like that next level of like having that list on the fridge or communicating with your partner and knowing and doing that planning for the week some people really go well with like these are my breakfasts for the week these are my lunches mm-hmm. what do I have to prep um and get sorted on the Sunday um versus what I'm you know oh it's Wednesday tomorrow we're having this I just need to make sure I do xyz and I don't think that's for everyone but I've also seen for certain clients it is a game changer it's very much a mentality driven um way of planning food but I've seen it work be this I've seen it be the um the switch for people um, yeah. who just needed that extra step. I know with my sister, um, meal plans like that for their family and that's two kids, they're both working full time um, and they like to really eat healthy and there are some food restrictions with intolerances and the biggest, the most helpful thing they did and particularly for budget, um, mm, they have yeah. saved so much more money and they're so much more organised and they, you know, they're not getting to the end of the day and going, shit, what are we going to cook the kids? What are we going to have for dinner? And like the stress of all of that, they're like, it's just there. The fruit, they look at the fridge and it's like, this is what we're having. Like she does a big shop at the start of the week, her online shop gets in everything that's needed. And it's been an absolute, yeah, absolute game changer. So it, it can be really valuable, but I think even something like that, you need to have the knowledge um, or of course the support, which is where we can come in to help put something mm-hmm. like that together. But, um, yeah, yeah, I know when Mel and I were talking about it, we also joked, it's just like, neither of us would ever do a seven day meal planner because <laughs> we're like, <laughs> like you, we're like spontaneous. We're like, Oh, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? What do I feel yeah. like? Do I feel like yeah. salmon? Do I feel like this? It's all yeah. about feelings and emotions. Yeah, it so <laughs> is. I, honestly, the times that I've written myself, like actually, like let's I do do meal plans for camping but only so we buy what we need and Mm -hmm. don't 
but like you never stick to it. Even if I've done a meal plan for a week here, it's never, you never, I never follow the meal plan. I change my mind, you know, like if I've written something just to try and keep the budgets, like food costs down for shopping and stuff, I'm like, right, I'm just going to plan, plan what we're going to do here. But then like it never, for me anyway, I know not everyone's like that. I can't stick to it. Like, it's like, no, I don't feel like that. Today. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this with this piece of meat because we've got these veggies and, you know, and it's the same when you, yes. and it's the same when you're camping, like the thought's always there, but then it just goes not goes to shit it just goes to wherever the imagination wants to take it (laughs) for some people yeah they are a game changer I've got one of my clients at the moment and she um she menu plans but more so because she's got teenage kids and she wants them helping um and Mm -hmm. um she's got two girls they both love cooking her husband likes cooking as well it's just that she's always assumed that responsibility but they both work full time Mm -hmm. and so she's kind of now implemented it back onto the family and she has a designated cooking night for each person in the family. She still does most of it and all of that, but each night someone has to cook and they get to pick what they cook and it just gets put onto the menu plan. She does the shopping so it's all there. But when she comes home from work, they the kids are already in there and, you know, and That's they can text right. her with questions, but they're all over it. Like they know how to do it. They just didn't yep. want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. So, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's good because now it's become a thing. It's not like she's telling them what to cook. You pick whatever fucking meal you want to cook. I'll get the ingredients for it. You cook it for the family though. And that's your night. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah, pretty cool. I love like, that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. I remember when we did, when we first released the Real Food Reset, which there's a couple of updated versions of now and vegetarians, like we've kind of like broadened that for people on the online shop. But um, I remember we were like okay let's let's follow this I don't I don't think I did it I know you you and I maybe Alexa I can't remember but I definitely know you were involved was just like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna promote it online <laughs> it's just like, probably it. a couple of days in I was just like yeah nah <laughs> Yeah, no, I couldn't stick to it. Hey, I think I just did my own version of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it says this on this, but I'm just going to do this tonight. <laughs> yeah. Actually, lastly, just before we finish, guys, and we'll mention it again when we do part two, the Real Food Reset on the website is really wonderful as a reference for everything we've talked about today. So it's a, it is a seven day food planner, but you can just use it as also inspiration, but basically it's just filled with macronutrient balance, breakfast, lunches, dinners, and snacks, which we'll be getting into in, as we said, another episode. Um, so yeah, if you've sort of feeling inspired by today and you're like, Oh my God, they've talked about so many different meals and ideas and recipes. I don't know where to start. It's a, one of the best tools for that. We often recommend it even for clients who are interested in in what we do and wanting kind of a taste of potentially what it'd be like to come along to the clinic from a food perspective. We're like, look, just get yourself the real food reset. Just start bringing that into your life. And we often will hear um, just even people doing that, just like, oh my God, I feel so much better. My energy's better. My gut feels a bit better. So it's, um, it's definitely worth mentioning. Nice. But Otherwise, um, yeah, as we said, we're going to do a part two on dinner and snacks. It wasn't our intention starting, but, you know, if you're a long-time listener, you know Chris and I can talk. So <laughs> instead of, of like this becoming a two-hour, we're going to come back and cover dinner because it's a whole other massive area. Snacks in its, oh, my mm. God, in its own right is epic. 
Um, we yeah. usually finish off the podcast with our recommendations and I'm sure as usual I'm saying that and Chris is like, shit, I don't know what I'm recommending. <laughs> I actually um, do today. Oh, she does. Okay. So hit me with it. What are we recommending um, to people? It's it's just an oldie but a goodie, but I'm obviously just crushing my ass off on it again is um, – if anyone, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, but familiar with Source Bulk Foods, um, who we love, uh-huh. um, but just their tea range. Um, I'm oh. trying to drink less coffee at the moment, which is going all right. Um, <laughs> but I just, um, I am just so in love with their tea ranges. In particular, Jess and I call it the JC and heroin, but it's their green tea with rose. Um, I just yes. can't speak highly enough of that fucking tea. Like I hadn't had it for so long and I just, yeah, I'm fucking in love with it. And, um, they've got a, another really nice one. I posted about it ages ago, but it's like a chamomile, which I normally hate chamomile teas, but it's got like peppermint, lavender, um passion flower i think anyway it's a really mm. nice and i've got their earl grey as well because i fucking love a good um it's a french earl grey tea so it's got a bit of um i think, oh, it's a lavender I think i've it. tried yeah, that anyway so i'm just having a bit of i'm still drinking coffee team for the time being um but i am obsessed with i'm just yeah it's obsessed with tea at the moment i'm always i always have tea in my repertoire but i've just had some you know just more like cooker teas and stuff like that over the last couple of months but mm-hmm. i'm putting I saw stock up and I'm in love. Love so it. Probably should yeah. Shout out to Source Teas. Um, Shout out Rose and gr- Rose Petal Green Tea. Oh god, that stuff is any, amazing. It is any, our heroine. Yeah, tea. Anyone in yeah, it is. Anyone in Brisbane, like go see Abby from Source at Belimba. She's obviously like our main go-to. Like we've done heaps of work with Abby. I was actually chatting to her this week. That's what made me think of it. Um, but yeah. So, but there's obviously sources everywhere, whatatever's close, but you know, Belimba's tell her, tell her we sent you <laughs> if you go into the Belimba store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell her you're there exactly. for the tea. <laughs> We're there for the tea. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a reco, but I've also got, I was going to say it's an anti-recommendation, but also a curiosity <laughs> that I'm hoping I'd love people to like, let me know their thoughts on. So my reco, my recommendation is actually, um, a social media based recommendation and I'm probably late to the party but I also think this would be good for people who are looking for good um, trustworthy content so this is actually this person it's a um, it's a youtuber actually more than um, I would say Instagram you will find her on Instagram but really the main stuff I would push you towards would be on YouTube um, Natasha Ocean. I'm probably bastardizing her last name because it's sort of, I think it's French. Um, she's she's a fitness, so she's it's a lot of fitness information and food, but her science background and her commitment to research and science into the YouTubes you present for anyone who is interested in just healthy eating and exercising and wanting to have um, good, trustworthy information, I really would recommend um, taking her on board. Um, And I say that too because there's so much shit out there. There's so much, Mm. uh, which is part of some of the stuff she talks about, (laughs) to be honest. Um, You know, if if you're someone that's like kind of thriving to know more about like that kind of space as far as exercise and food and calories and, um, 
yeah, hit training and all, all the things that I think particularly stereotypically women are kind of always on socials trying to find out more about. Really, really good content. So I would absolutely recommend cool. her. Um, my weird anti-recommendation and also need to know from other people is that I've always been a massive fan of the no, not Australian own Vita soy unsweetened rice milk. So every night I have my dandelion tea with a bit of the um, super feast reishi mushroom in it. That's my like thing, and I always put hot rice milk in it. And when I put it in the frother, the last ever since I started using it for years and years and years, when you put it in the frother, my problem was if it was over a certain amount, it would froth up into this foamy thing and go everywhere. Um, like that's how frothy it was. So I'd have this delicious frothy, del- creamy milk. I don't know what they've done, but in the last six oh, no. months or more, it's, it's like water. Like you put it in there and you like hit the button and it's like there is no froth. And then you pour it in and it's like separates and it's like it's so wrong and I don't know what they've done and I like I'd love to know, one, is it just me? Am I going mad? And two, has anyone else got a rice milk? Because I love rice milk and dandelion tea that they think tastes good and doesn't separate when they add it to hot drinks. It's very important because it's pissing me off. Did they did they take something out of it? I've looked at the bot. I've literally got one that looked that's been okay to a really crap one and compared, and there is no changes on the ingredients. So I think they've tweaked and changed. I reckon they've done something Their cheap, portions. like they've gone well. Our percentage of our rice that we're using to our yeah. percentage of the other ingredients has changed. So it's yeah. created a more yeah. like watery rice milk. So the flavors. Yeah, even I'd say the flavor's not the same. And every now and again I buy one and it works That's better. Um, but most of the time now when I buy them, they're really crap. So mm. it's an anti-recommendation. An anti-recommendation. <laughs> the other thing I would think of is, um, is it one of those ones, is it calcium fortified? No. Nah. Okay. Because sometimes, nah. yeah, if they, because I feel like that can, if they've changed how much of that they're adding um yeah I reckon you're right I reckon they've changed their consistency of something that they're adding to just to sting a bit for sure yeah not on not on um and in (laughs) saying that just what I was just going to say while we're on the topic of that I know you've got to go but yeah like just looking at all the like how worse the um like up the barista blends are getting these days. I remember we had this oh, conversation yeah. ages ago and Lex was already very anti a lot of the ingredients and I have to say like I'm on par with her these last 12 mm. months just while we're on ingredients in. Like I at first I was like no some of them aren't too bad but now I just look at all of them and I'm just like fuck these are just all some of them are just awful they're just so full of shit like if you're having that every yeah. day anyway that is a topic for another conversation I know oh, it's so I'm, true I'm, I'm very anti them now too Lex you were right years ago we should have all fucking listened <laughs> you to were you right. <laughs> oh, when I was in when I was in Bali the only almond milk I could buy I took I god I'm such a I'm such a nerd, a food nerd. I actually packed and took a UHT like almond milk across with me, but I didn't want to take more than one because they're heavy. Of course I did. But all I could buy was actually had the Milk Lab almond milk over there. So I just bought that and I've never, ever made my pimped up matcha on that. And it was so weird. Like it was kind of, it it tasted good. Like it tasted fine, Mm, but it was like really 
thick and like any other time I've used like bought UHT stuff I'm like eh, this is like it'll do the job but it's not great but god the ingredients that are in it it's always you know what's no. even worse and then we've got to finish is those yeah. vegan cheeses in the supermarket that oh, don't like, even get me started buy. on vegan like, cheeses what is that it's like Fuck, space what is food that? yeah like, what? Literally... you look at the ingredients you're like I don't actually Honestly, understand what this what is. That is. Like literally, I've said it's that astronaut to my food. <laughs> my, so like when I, if I've got my clients off dairy for a period of time, and then they say to me, like, "We made a pizza, but I bought the vegan cheese." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Look, if you're going to make a pizza, please just go and buy proper fucking cheese." Like. <laughs> You know, like, honestly, I would rather you eat the proper cheese. Let's just see how your gut goes with it than buy whatever the hell is in that shredded plant-based whatever the fuck it is. Like, not anti-vegan food. Like, I love plant-based food, but the plant-based ranges at the moment, I think we should do a podcast on this, have got a lot to fucking answer for. That ain't food, mate. Like... so much to say about that (laughs) oh so true it's so so true when Damien and I first met there was a year where I don't know why it was for a birthday or something but he bought me this random present and it was like a (laughs) a, it literally it was an astronaut food I don't know where he got it from but it was a freeze-dried um ice cream sandwich and it was packed it it looked it looked like a phone, like a small phone. It was like really thin. And then when you opened it, it went and puffed up. And I was like, I'm not eating that. Like, no way. And he ate it and he reckoned it was really tasty. But the oh. ingredients on it was like, it was like a, it was like something out of a lab <laughs> laboratory oh. experiment in ingredients. Oh yeah, I've got so much to say about some yeah some of this stuff at the moment. I agree. I'm just like, come on. Um, How about a we'll we'll talk good versus bad plant based vegan food. Let's. I think that'd be a great podcast because it is something I talk a lot about with my clients. But right now we've got to go. Right guys. now we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. for listening. We'll bring you part two soon. Um, as always, we would love it if you could leave us a review. Uh, I know it just takes literally 20 seconds of your time and your reviews help other people find us. They help the podcast climb up those um, ratings. So, yeah, that would be wonderful. Share in your socials. But you know what? Other than that, thanks for listening as always. And we love you and We'll see you, chat to you next time. Chat to you next time, guys. Ta-ta. Bye.